We've been going through the books of the Bible, and with everything that's gone on the past several months, we've had been on and off, on and off, going back and forth. Last week, July 4th, I preached a different message, so we're still going strong. We're on the book of Obadiah tonight. Now, how many of you can tell me a lot about the book of Obadiah tonight? Anybody? Oh, I know, well, Brother Rick, I know you can, and I shouldn't even ask that question with you sitting right there. I could have him come up without any notes, and he could probably do as good as I do with my notes tonight. And so, Ryan, was your hand up there too some? And so Obadiah is a small book. And you can start looking for it now. We'll see if you can find it. I'm talking to give you a few minutes to find the book Obadiah. Does anybody need a copy of the sermon notes for tonight? If you didn't get a copy of that, there's three full pages of it. William, looks like you're the only one. You can get up and get off the um, baptistry there over there. And so that will be good. The book of Obadiah. And we'll read, we're going to read the entire chapter, so if some of you didn't do your Bible reading today, this is going to help you, you can say you at least read a chapter of the Bible today, right? And so we'll go with that. And so Obadiah, chapter 1, the one and only chapter, we're going to read the entire chapter and then we'll dive into some things tonight. The vision of Obadiah, thus saith the Lord God concerning Edom, we have heard a rumor from the Lord, and an ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye, let us rise up against her in battle. Behold, I have made thee small among the heathen, thou art greatly despised. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, thou that dwellest in the clefts of the rocks, whose habitations is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as an eagle, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. If thieves came to thee, if robbers by night, how art thou cut off? Would they have not stolen till they had enough? If the grape gatherers came to thee, would they not leave some grapes? How are the things of Esau searched out? How are, the, how are his hidden things sought up? All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee. That they eat thy bread, have laid a wound under thee, there is none understanding in him. Shall I not in that day, saith the Lord, even destroy the wise men out of Edom, and understanding out of the mount of Esau? And thy mighty men, O Timon, shall be dismayed to the end that every one of the mount of Esau shall be cut off by slaughter. For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee and thou shalt be cut off forever. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day of the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother, in the day that he became a stranger. Neither shouldest thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, neither shouldest thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress." Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Yea, thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut down those, to cut off those of his that did escape. Neither shouldest thou have delivered up those, that his, those of his that did remain in this day of distress. Verse number 15. For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. 
As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. For as ye have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all, my, shall all the heathen drink continually. Yea, they shall drink, and they shall swallow down, and they shall be as though they had not been. But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions, and the house of Jacob shall be, as a, shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble, and they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord hath spoken it. And they of the south shall possess the mount of Esau, and they of the plain of the, the plain the Philistines, and they that possess the fields of Ephraim, and the fields of Samaria, and Benjamin shall possess um, Gilead. And the captivity of this host of the children of Israel shall possess that of the Canaanites, even the Zarephath, and the captivity of Jerusalem, which is in Sabarad, shall possess the cities of the south, and Saber shall come upon the Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Quite a passage of scripture right there. You have before your eyes 21 verses. A minor prophet, exactly, 21 verses. Not minor because the message doesn't matter as much as the major prophets, but minor because of the size. And we look tonight at these 21 verses, 668 words is all it adds up to. If you say, I don't know if it's that many, you can count them yourself and tell me later on if I was right or not. And... So since we're looking at such a short book of the Bible and only 668 words, you think to yourself tonight, this is going to be a short message, right? Don't hold your breath on that one. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive in tonight. Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for the book of Obadiah. I pray that as we study it tonight, as we look at it, that you would open up our eyes to some things and we'd be able to apply it to our lives as well. Help us tonight. We need your help. Thank you for being the God that you are. Thank you for your word and thank you for the church. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We started this series a long time ago. The whole goal of going through the books of the Bible is to give you a brief overview of a book so that when you go to study the Bible for yourself, you can have something to look at and to go off of and to help you dive in a little deeper. If you're looking for an exhaustive study in all the books of the Bible, this is not going to give it to you. This is just an overview. This would almost be kind of like an Old Testament survey college class would be kind of the setting where there's just some simple things about it to help you and so you can dive in later on. As we look at the book of Obadiah and as we dive into it, it's much like the book of Joel. Remember the book of Joel? We, didn't, we knew very little about Joel. We know very little about Obadiah. The one thing that we do know about Obadiah is the meaning of his name. His name means servant of Jehovah. And that's a, I think that's a great name right there. And I think Obadiah had a great name. And we're not sure. There are many different people and scholars who say it was written at this time or at this time. But in all honesty, we don't know for sure. And it's different than a lot of the other writings of the prophets because a lot of them, he's not prophesying to the northern kingdom. He's not prophesying to the southern kingdom. He's not prophesying to the Jews at all. In fact, it doesn't really have much to do with the Jews at all. Maybe this was something for them to read to see that God had their back with uh, Esau, with the Edomites, and we'll look at that maybe a little bit more. But he dives in and he gets to going to things right away. And Obadiah, if I could 
You know, if I was trying to think of someone I could compare Obadiah to, and this is a bad comparison, I'm sure, but I would kind of like Mike Tyson just a little bit. Say, what do you mean by Mike Tyson? Not because he, you know, not because of biting anybody's ear or anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about. But just, he just gets at it quickly. He doesn't have much time here. He gets to it quickly. And so 21 verses of just getting right to the point. He doesn't hold back any punches. And he starts right in from the very beginning. And we see right away that this, was the, this vision was concerning Edom. Now when we think of Edom, I want you to go back with me to Genesis chapter number 36. Genesis chapter number 36. And most of you probably already know this, so it's just going to be a little bit of review. And if you didn't know it, you might learn a little bit here. And we know that um, Abraham, he had a son named Isaac. Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau was the hairy one. Jacob was not so hairy. We know that Esau was the older twin. But we know that some things happened in his life, and he sold his birthright. By the end, Jacob gets the blessing, and everything goes backwards for Esau from how he really thought things was going to end up for himself. But we see in, ver in chapter 36 of Genesis, verse number 1, it says, Now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. So this book that we're reading tonight, the book of Obadiah, was written to Esau's descendants. The Edomites. This was written for them. Edom was Esau. Israel was Jacob. Twin brothers who were completely opposites and basically at odds with each other their whole lives. And their descendants carried that out for many centuries following. You look at verse number, um, let's see. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 23. Deuteronomy chapter 23. We see something that was written to the Israelites. Deuteronomy chapter 23. And God had something for them. Look at Deuteronomy 23 and look down at verse number 7. The Bible says, Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou wast a stranger in his land. But we see here that God told the children of Israel to love their brother. You know, we kind of talked about that a little bit this morning, didn't we? We talked about how, to, how in the book of Nehemiah, how to stop strife. And Nehemiah, as he looked at those groups of people, and that one group was taking advantage of the three other groups of people there, Nehemiah reminded them, hey, these are your brothers. What are you doing to them? And the importance of loving your brother... And the title for tonight as we look at the book of Obadiah is to love your brother. And this book is God's warning and challenge and for the penalties to Edom for not loving Israel. That's what we see tonight. So when you read about Edom or the Edomites, you could easily substitute Esau. And for Israel, you could substitute Jacob. You see they were family, they were brothers, their children were cousins who hated each other. And it's interesting that that battle continued on for a very long time between Jacob and Esau or Israel and Edom for hundreds of years, even after the book of Obadiah was written. Did you know that Herod the Great was one of the few remaining descendants of Esau? 
And he killed off babies in Bethlehem trying to destroy the Christ child. That's still a battle going on between Edom and Israel. His successor, Herod Antipas, had John the Baptist executed, and he, and he faced, and you think about this, and he was big into all the things that happened with Christ. You see, even Edom and Israel, there were issues still then, going all the way back to Esau. You might say the Edomites could be summed up this way. What's in it for me? I'm hungry. I just got back from the field and hunting. I'm going to die, or I feel like I'm going to die. What, food, what can I get in me? Esau gave away, he sold off his birthright for a bowl of soup. Or I heard someone say before, a bowl of chili. Edom's motto, what's in it for me? But what would Jesus' motto be? What's in it for you? It's a different look. As we read this short book of God's judgment on Edom, he points to several things, and I want to give those to you tonight. And this is what we do. Yes, this is an overview, so you get a little bit of understanding about a book, but I don't see a point in giving an overview without application. So what can I take as, uh, as a child of God from the book of Obadiah in my life to help me not make some of the mistakes that the Edomites made? Well, there are several things. And number one, as we dive into that tonight, we see the steps in Edom's downfall. Number one, we see was the wrong attitude. It was the pride that they had. Look at verse 3 and 4 again. The pride of thine heart hath deceived thee, that thou dwellest in the clefts of the rock, whose habitation is high, that saith in his heart, Who shall bring me down to the ground? Though thou exalt thyself as the eagles, and though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. God does not like pride. I think we all understand that tonight. These six things doth the Lord hate, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look. That's where it begins, right? And we see how the Bible tells us that God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. God hates pride. I think it's obvious. The Edomites historically had a huge ego problem. They had great pride that because the city, one of their cities, it was so, they, it seemed impenetrable. And Edom enjoyed being located in extremely safe terrain. And it's said that the whole city could be guarded by only 12 men because it was so difficult to get into. They thought that they could see and survey all the surrounding country because of their position but they couldn't see themselves. Think about this. What a dangerous place to be when we are living in self-delusion. Not seeing how weak we truly are and how much we truly need God. And that's where they were at. No matter how secure you think you are, guard yourself against pride. God can bring anyone low when we lift ourselves up with pride. And we see as we talk about the downfall of Edom, it began with pride. Number two, we see there were wrong alliances. Wrong alliances. Verse number seven says, All the men of thy confederacy have brought thee even to the border. The men that were at peace with thee have deceived thee and prevailed against thee, that they may eat thy bread, have laid a wound under thee. There is none understanding in him. 
wrong relationships. They were aligned with the wrong people. And as we look at their downfall, not only where did it begin, it began with pride, but we see, secondly, we see wrong alliances here. And wrong relationships will cause us to hate our brother. Wrong influences cause us to hurt our brother. And how important it is to avoid these steps that Edom took. We see a wrong attitude. We see wrong alliances. Number three, we see wrong actions on their part. What were some of their actions that they did? Look at verse number 10. It says, For thy violence against thy brother Jacob, shame shall cover thee, and thou shalt be cut off forever. Some of their wrong actions, the first action, letter A, would be violence. Violence. They intentionally sought to hurt Jacob. It's one of their wrong actions. Look at verse number 11. In the day that thou stoodest on the other side, in the day that the strangers carried away captive his forces, and foreigners entered into his gates, and cast lots upon Jerusalem, even thou wast as one of them. Not only was one of their actions wrong in violence, but letter B, the apathy that they had. They did nothing when Jacob was hurting. Now we think about the story of the Good Samaritan. You had two pass by this man who had been left dead and they did nothing for him. You had the Good Samaritan who did something. And, that's, and we see with the Edomites here, they saw what was happening, but they didn't step up and do anything. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 3, verse number 27, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in thy power thine hand to do it. Think about the, um, that quote, I think I used it last Sunday, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And we see their actions, we see the violence, we see the apathy. Ah, who cares? Nothing we can do about it. Let her see. We see they're rejoicing. As this is happening to Jacob, they're rejoicing. And look at verse number 12. It says, But thou shouldest not have looked on the day of thy brother in the day that he became a stranger, neither shouldst thou have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction. Neither shouldst thou have spoken proudly in the day of distress. If you're happy when someone else is hurting, God, that doesn't please God. The Bible says that we're supposed to rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. But we see the Edomites, one of their wrong actions here was Judah's just been destroyed and they're, they're rejoicing. <laughs> That's good. Look what happened to them. That's not how God tends it to be. The book of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 24, verse 17 and 18, Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth. Lest the Lord see it, and it displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. It shouldn't make you happy when someone else is suffering. One of the things that the Edomites, that's one of their wrong actions. We look at verse number 13. The Bible says, Thou shouldest not have entered into the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Thou shouldest not have looked on their affliction in the day of their calamity. Neither have laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. Letter D, they were um, looting. I think we've seen some of that happening on the news in the past month or so, Right? And so what we see happening is we see that 
Israel and Judah was taken captive and destroyed, and we see the fact that Edom, they did nothing about it. They, they were they almost helped in the violence. They were they're apathetic to what was going on. They rejoiced seeing this happen, and then they went in and took the substance of Israel, of Judah. And then we see in verse number 14, the Bible says, Neither shouldest thou have stood in the crossway to cut off those of his that did escape, neither shouldest thou have delivered up those of his that did remain in the day of distress. And that just speaks of letter E, just cruelty, just being extra mean on top of everything else. Man, the Edomites really went out of their way to show their disdain for the children of Israel and for Judah here. And look at the Lord's response. Or, and look at what comes from Obadiah here. And look at verse number 15. This is where that knockout punch comes, verse 15. It says, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. Your day is coming. Hey, as you stand back and you watch Israel suffer, as you saw them go through all these things, and you, the violence you brought, the apathy you had, the rejoicing in their being destroyed, the looting, the cruelty, your day is coming. And God reminds and lets the Edomites know something. And I think one of the reasons why this passage is here, this was a good reminder for the children of Israel that God cares about his children. Let's look at verse 17. It says, But upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. God tells the Edomites here that he will care for his people, and he will give his people hope as they read this in the midst of their devastation. God cares about his people. And be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, I think that would be a great verse that kind of explains the book of Obadiah. Man, we see some awful things from, these, from the Edomites here. We see their wrong attitude of pride. We see the wrong alliances they had, and then these wrong actions. Then I want to give you a couple last thoughts. Obadiah teaches us to be careful. I want to give you four quick thoughts, and then we'll watch a video on the book, and then we'll be done tonight. Number one, be careful when you feel confident you're in a good place, in a good, secure place. Don't get confident that you're in a good, secure place. Our confidence should come from the Lord and Him only. And I think if anything the past several months has taught us anything, there are not a lot of things we can really be too secure in. Don't get too much confidence in a good, secure place. Because one minute, that security can be gone. Our security, our confidence, better be in the Lord. Because He is the only... And everything around us changes. It still seems like things are changing around us. But do you know the Lord hasn't changed ever? He hasn't. That's why we got to be confident in Him and His promises. Not in everything else around us. We've got to keep our focus on Him. But we've got to be very careful when we feel confident we're in a good place, a good, secure place. It happens often in the Christian life. You have an area where you've struggled in, then all of a sudden you're doing well in that area, and you're like, ah, I'm finally doing better. Ah, you better watch out. You better watch out, because when you think you're doing better, you're setting yourself up. We need to be careful. Number two, 
We need to be careful when we feel good when bad things happen to a brother. We should never rejoice when something bad happens to someone else. They deserve it. We live in a day and age where we all feel too entitled. Teenagers feel too entitled. People in general just feel too entitled. You know, you hear this thing. I heard this thing just the other day that they're trying to push for, um, in Los Angeles, the mayor's trying to push it too, where you just get a, um, a general income, where the government just sends you money. And they want that in Los Angeles. It's only fair. With unprecedented times and things going on, it's only fair that we have a general income that just comes to our house. We get this idea. Do you realize something? The only thing that we are, the only thing that we are entitled to, are you ready? This can be my meanest point of the night. We're entitled to hell. That's it. That's the only thing that we deserve. And thank God that he did what he did so we don't have to. But don't ever feel good when something bad happens to someone else. That's not a Christ-like spirit. That's not a Christ-like attitude. You're acting like the Edomites, and your destruction will come as well. You laugh at them and watch at what God does when something happens to you. Be very careful with that. Be careful when you feel good when bad things happen to a brother. Number three, Obadiah teaches us to be careful when given a chance we would harm someone we don't like when we're commanded to love them. See, I would never harm somebody, but I wouldn't wish them good either. Let's be very careful. We're commanded to love our neighbor. Don't ever lose sight of that. And then number four, Obadiah teaches us to be careful when given a chance we would take advantage of the hurt of someone else. That's what they did. Israel's, dis Jerusalem's destroyed. And they go and they take. They're already hurting. Why make it worse? The sure mark of a sinful soul is one that delights in the tough times of others. Love your brother. Love your enemies. Didn't Jesus say that? I think he did. Even the one who has done you wrong, love them. Even the one who's hurt you. Don't rejoice when they fall. Help the hurting. And then we look at the last verse, verse 21. The Bible says here, And saviors shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. And all that Israel went through, a great thing that we see right here is that nothing can separate God's people from the promises he has for them. G. Campbell Morgan said the final word of Obadiah's prophecy is the final word of all prophecy. The kingdom shall be Jehovah's. Because of that, may we love our brother and may we not be full of pride. May we watch some of these steps that the Edomites took and make sure they're not present in our lives. And that's just a little bit tonight about the book Obadiah. Got a short video for you to watch. When the video's over, I'll come up and pray.
and we'll be dismissed this evening.